Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. Top stories today, we've got some good ones. First, New York City anti-vaccine mandate activists stormed a food court where they were demanding vaccine passports. Next, a shade war update in the White House. You're going to want to hear this. Third, military members are being kicked out for refusing the vaccine and they're taking to TikTok. Yes, seriously. And finally, you have to hear what a CNN guest said about the $3.5 trillion spending package that's coming out from Pelosi. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Now, this really is one of the most interesting stories that I've seen in a while, because if you look at what's going on in New York City, you've got various groups that are out there protesting the vaccine mandates, vaccine passports. In Staten Island, you had a group of Trump supporters that were going into this food court that were protesting them. You also saw over the weekend a BLM leader say that she was going to put uprisings, uprisings, conduct uprisings throughout New York City regarding vaccine passports. So wait, wait, hold on a second. BLM and Trump supporters are actually in, wait for it, agreement about something? I thought that those were two people that would never agree to anything ever. Weren't those supposed to be mortal enemies? What exactly is going on here? Maybe, maybe there's a little bit, and I know, I know, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but Maybe there's a little bit of populism that runs through both movements. Just, just an idea, just something that I want to lay out there for all of you to hear. No, but seriously, check this out. Go watch the video about 60 people at this food court in Staten Island. Take a watch. So this past weekend, I was down in uh, Panama City, Florida, and we were doing the Southern Regional Conference for Turning Point USA. And down there, it's actually my first time in the Florida Panhandle, and it was really nice. Um, I, I have only been to Southern Florida, you know, Orlando, I've been to Jacksonville in the past, I've been to the Gulf, I've been to, just in Naples, but this was the first time I was in the Panhandle, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so we're definitely gonna go back. We didn't get to bring the family down this time. Next time, definitely bringing the family there. That being said, a student came up to me and said that he was actually from Australia. His family's in Australia. He said, Jack, do you understand, do you understand, you know, can't do Australian accent, what's going on in Australia? Do Americans understand what Australians are going through right now? And I said, yes, we've been paying attention to the yellow vests. We've been paying attention to the situation. Then another student, she was from a university in Texas. Texas Women's University was talking about doing a class action lawsuit. And we'll have more to come on that as that continues because we're gonna keep in touch. But people kept saying, 
are we going to get vaccine passports? Are we gonna have these internal passports, a CCP style system of passports inside the United States or for travel outside into international travel, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, look, yes, you are going to get all of those things unless you stand up now. Unless you have people standing up against these mandates right now, then medical tyranny is going to continue and medical tyranny is going to be the future. Do you think this is the last time that this is gonna happen? We are going to see this again and again as technology continues, as governments become stronger, as social media engines and social media networks take more and more control over the information that we're able to see. Medical tyranny is not a fleeting thing. This is absolutely going to be what the future looks like. Go back and watch the movie Gattaca from 1997. 25 years ago, they explained all of this, incredibly prescient. Some people will be named valid, some people will be named invalid. Which group do you want to be in, right? Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen in the United States. Don't let it happen in the West. Don't let it happen in Australia. You have to stand up for freedom, period. If you want freedom, then you have to fight for it. If you want medical tyranny, sit back and relax, man. Do whatever you want. Just hang out, have a good time. Watch the latest Marvel movie. See what's on Netflix. Hey, no problem. Because it's going to get rolled out, baby. And you are going to get it. And your children will have it. And your grandchildren will have it. And they'll be labeled valid or invalid because you did nothing now. That's the situation we're in. So for once, you can say MAGA and BLM on the same side. Think about that for a minute. Stay tuned. HE Daily. Come right back. All right, so I told everybody that more and more leaks would be coming out of the White House. And now we finally have something that we can point to. Folks, I got a message over this weekend that said, have you seen the polls showing now that Kamala Harris is many five, six points ahead of where Joe Biden is? Understand where we are in this and understand the filter, the worldview, that I've been telling you to use when you look at this administration. Remember, it's not the Biden-Harris administration, it's the Biden administration and the Harris administration. So now it's time, officially, and I think we can play it for the first time because my producers are fantastic producers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a Shade War update. That is amazing. <laughs> For those of you who are just listening on the podcast, you have to actually watch this thing. There's swords, there's lightning bolts. I feel like we need like eagles or vultures or something. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, and there's a, there's a, at the end, there's a picture of the Titanic. Anyway, um, because we all know that's uh, uh, who the Titanic is. But this is what's going on. I got a message over the weekend that said because of those polls, because the White House is seeing that particularly Team Biden they are very upset about this. Now keep in mind, there's also been some cracks in this because I've said before that Jen Psaki is on Team Biden. However, notice, very interestingly, now a lot of people saw this, Jen Psaki's brother-in-law was just brought on by Kamala Harris as a strategic communications advisor. Something going on here? Jen thinking about switching teams, going over to Team K? I don't know. 
But we are gonna be paying very close attention to this because as you know, Human Events Daily is the only program that's actually covering the White House this way, probably because we're the only program in the entire country that actually has these type of sources inside the White House. But the message that I got was that Team B was planning to leak stories and attacks and plan attacks on Team K, specifically on Kamala. And then after I got that message, I happened to catch this segment on CNN. Take a watch. Very quickly, what do you think about Kamala Harris? She's supposed to be out front on these issues. She has not been. What's your takeaway from that? Well, interestingly, they released a readout this week between her and a member of the cabinet, Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, and they talked about the incident of the uh, Border Patrol on horseback who aggressively confronted the Haitian migrants. So it showed, it was an example of the White House showing she was connected to the issue in some way, but she has repeatedly said that she's focusing on the root causes of migration and that the border is a separate matter. What we are learning and seeing in real time is that you really can't separate the two. Yeah, it really cannot. This has been a problem from the beginning of this administration. Now, look, I, I don't have any information that, that Team Biden planted that or they put anyone up to it. But we do know, of course, that they talk to reporters. They have their friendlies. Team K has their friendlies as well. But you really have to ask the question. We know, right? Look, Kamala Harris, sure, they said she was in charge of the border. They said that. But let's be fair. She got out of it, right? She's clearly not doing the job. And I think that most Americans out there, when they look at this situation, they say, look, that's obviously Joe Biden's thing, right? Mayorkas, he's actually the secretary that's in charge of this department. Biden is the one who's in charge of the government. It's his administration because he's the president. So even though they keep trying to pin this on Kamala Harris, it doesn't keep working. And she has that line about, oh, we're going after the root causes. We're going after the root causes. It doesn't mean anything, right? It doesn't mean anything. The root causes are simple. And we learned this last week when we talked about the Haitians that were coming up. They were not, right? They were not refugees. They were economic migrants, right? They were already not, understand that. They were already out of Haiti. If they were already out of Haiti, that means they're not refugees. They're economic migrants. They were in places like Brazil, like Chile. They heard that the border was going to be open now, thanks to Biden. So what did they do? They came across. We're now getting reports that another caravan is coming up across the border. Why wouldn't they? Right? Why wouldn't they? If you got word that the richest country in the world had opened the back door and that the new administration was allowing people to come across and the only check on you was that there was going to be an honor system and that if people were trying to guard the border, right, and they were going out to places that didn't have uh, roads, that didn't have border stations, and the only way to get there was horses, and that the administration was not attacking, you know, not saying that we should stop the migrants, they were attacking the border agents for riding horses, because that was the only way they could get there, because of the terrain, et cetera. Do, do you understand how silly this whole thing is? Of course you would go across. It's, it's created something called negative moral hazard. It's, called, it's created moral hazard. It's telling people that if you come across, if you commit to this very dangerous trek with your family, with your children, which by the way, a lot of people die on this thing coming across. And that's not even to mention the massive amounts of rape and sexual assault that we see, something that Trump got in a lot of trouble for talking about, but it's true. You cannot have this system of open borders and have a country. You also can't have a welfare system along with open borders. It doesn't work. That's just basic math. That's basic understanding. We need to have sovereignty back. We need to have our border back. These policies are ridiculous. They're causing danger. They're causing pain. They're causing suffering. And folks, 
it's very obvious where this is coming from. It's coming from Biden and his administration. Stay tuned, HE Daily, right back. One of the greatest Twitter accounts out there just got locked. They just got taken out. Their name is Libs of TikTok. But they don't just cover uh, liberals anymore. They actually cover conservatives. They cover all sorts of things that are happening on TikTok and various other places throughout the internet. Uh, they're fantastic. They just got locked over some information that they posted about what's going on behind the scenes at DuckDuckGo, but you can still follow them over on Getter. So if you're on Getter, uh, I use it. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful, no censorship. They allow you to post whatever you want. It's actually freedom of speech. Okay, that being said, you have to go and look at what they just posted a few days ago. This is about the US military. It's a senior airman in the Air Force. Listen to what she has to say about what's going on with the vaccine mandates. All right, TikTok, we need your help. So a lot of the military is about to take an administrative discharge for not taking the vaccine. Um, I know some people are doing it for medical reasons. Some people are doing it for personal reasons, beliefs, whatever it may be. It's about to suck. An administrative discharge is not necessarily honorable, but it's not dishonorable. It just means that most of our military service was good. We just failed to comply with an order. Um, so not taking the vaccine is a direct order. Um, so with that being said, uh, what I'm looking for right now is if you're an employer or if you know employers that will undoubtedly employ us, um, a lot of us are looking at a discharge and we have we, we weren't expecting this, so we have like no um, idea what to plan for. And I'm sure a lot of people are trying to plan for their future right now. So if y'all could help us out, if you guys, like I said, if you're an employer or you know an employer that will undoubtedly help us out, hire us, whatever it may be, if you could put it in the comments, message me. I'm trying to get as much information from my brothers and sisters and myself as possible. Thank you, guys. Now, I've talked about this before here on Human Events Daily, and you might be wondering, you say, why are you doing so many stories about vaccine mandates? Because it's simple. I'm not against medicine. I'm not against science. What I'm against is tyranny. And what I'm against is medical tyranny, that when you combine science with the government in this way, forcing people out because they don't want to take this is ridiculous. Forcing people who would normally be positively serving members of the US military, people who have trained, people who have stood up, raised their hand, swore that oath, written a blank check to their government, written a blank check to their country, right? And you're gonna kick them out for what? Healthy people, keep in mind, healthy people, and you're gonna kick them out. People in the military get sick, it happens. We need to focus this policy on science. If you are immunocompromised, if you are someone who's in one of the danger age ranges, if you have comorbidities, right? Focus the policies on people like that. But these blanket top-down decisions are medical tyranny, and that's why we have to talk about it. So now we're losing this person, we're losing their career, we're losing all the potential years that these military members could have given to our country. We're losing all the potential expertise. And think about this, who are the people that will sign up? The rule followers. The rote, memorizer, the rote memorizers, right? You'll have the people who are willing to follow along and not ask questions, no critical thinkers. Do you want a military that's full of no critical thinkers? 
Well, I can understand that to some extent, right? Of course, the military, you have to follow orders, right? That is clear. You do need to follow orders. But that being said, we as commentators, we as American citizens have a role in this as well. We can point out when we see a stupid order. And we can look at this and say, this order is stupid. Just like the order to evacuate Afghanistan without getting your people out first was stupid. Leaving weapons for the Taliban was stupid. All of these things are stupid. General Milley, not the smartest guy. Understand this isn't just E-4s in the Air Force. This is Navy SEALs. This is Army Special Forces. This is our elite operators. And they are cracking down on them because of these medical decisions that are top-down. You know what else is top-down? Communism. Why not actually get the doctors involved, understand who is most at risk and who isn't, and approach it that way? The situation that's going right now is ridiculous and you are creating a national security risk. So the Democrats are pushing this new spending bill, the spending package, $3.5 trillion. 53%, according to Rasmussen poll that just broke this morning, say they oppose it. But I want you to hear this just incredible comment from a CNN guest this weekend. Listen to this. About the coverage of these budget battles, if you could change anything right now. So there are so many things, but I think my number one priority would be more discussion of what's actually in the bill, as opposed to this top line figure, which itself is misleading, of $3.5 trillion. Uh, there are good ways to spend uh, a huge sum of money. There are bad ways to spend a huge sum of money. But the kind of media coverage that we've been getting doesn't really explore whether the, you know, the kinds of things that are in this bill are, are meritorious or not. I'd love to see more people commenting about, should we invest in childcare this way or paid leave that way or in climate. Instead, right. it's about the number. And why is the number misleading? Why is that 3.5 trillion figure misleading? Because it doesn't really represent anything. Um, it's this weird shorthand that's been used. But in fact, the bill itself will not cost $3.5 trillion in the sense that it will be entirely or at least partly paid for. So the actual cost in terms of deficits will be smaller than that, perhaps even zero, although I think that's unlikely. And it's not even, um, you know, fully spending. It's not really right to call it a $3.5 trillion spending bill because there's probably about a trillion dollars of tax cuts in it, too. So oh. it's really hard to boil down the essence of what this legislation is. Is because it does so many things and because, um, you know, they're, they're still negotiating over the basic parameters. Yeah, and it will be over 10 years, et cetera, et cetera. And isn't the broader point, Catherine, that because the Senate is like broken and they don't create laws all year long, work on legislation all year long, they're trying to do everything at once in one big bill. Well, it's partly what you just mentioned. It's partly that we no longer have majority rule in the Senate. So uh, in order to get anything through through a party line vote, which is, you know, what, what, what theoretically should happen when we have unified control of government by the Democrats, they have to cram everything into this one major piece of legislation, the so-called reconciliation bill, whatever shorthand we use for it. And so it has to cover all of the bases, or at least everything that can ostensibly get pushed into a budget bill. Um, right. They have to do climate. They have to do paid leave. They have to do child care. Um, they have to do, you know, green energy tax credits for cars and things like that. They have to put everything into this one piece of legislation because they can't do piecemeal regular order right. bills because the Senate doesn't function that way anymore. There's only
Did, did you hear that again? I, I, I want to go through that phrase. I'm, I'm going to footstomp this one. It's already paid for, so it'll cost nothing. It's already paid for, so it'll cost nothing. That, that's actually amazing. Like, I want to go to my wife and say that when I want to buy, you know, <laughs> a bunch of new guns or something and say, don't worry, sweetheart. They're, they're already paid. I want to try that on her. They're already paid for because, you see, I used money that was in our account. And so I already spent the money. So the money has been spent. So it's already paid for. So you don't have to worry about it. So the cost is zero. No, I'm sorry, words mean things. <laughs> this is like, by the way, I, I actually looked this up. Catherine Rample, that's the guest, graduate of Princeton University. This is your Ivy League, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, what does she work as? She's a Washington Post columnist. Basic economics, ladies and gentlemen. Basic economics is completely lost on people that are out of touch with how decisions like this are made in the real world. Why? Because they don't have to make decisions on economics in their lives. That's the problem with having an elite, a bi-coastal elite that is so incredibly out of touch. It's already paid for, so there's no cost. La 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 la. Wouldn't it be great to live your life like that? And we're out, folks. Like I said, this is your fastest evening briefing of the day. Anytime you listen to it, we are going to give you the bottom line up front. Our motto to you, our promise to you, be good, be brief, be gone. But before we go, it's time for today's moment in history. Today, it's a happy birthday to none other than Canada's favorite sweetheart, Avril Lavigne. That's right, Avril Lavigne turns 37 years old today. And to everyone out there listening, guess what? You're old. <laughs> if you remember what Avril Lavigne was, sorry, she's not 18 anymore. Uh, he was just a skater boy, right? Sorry, elder millennials. You are called elder millennials for a reason. Simple as that. Folks, share the podcast. Get it out there. Make sure you're watching on Turning Point Live. Get this out there. Share it with your normie friends. Continue the fight. Be the influence agent. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.